Hi, and you're very welcome to episode three of the Rugby Show here on FinalWhistle.ie. My name is Brefney Early. You don't have to correct your sets. I'm not Luke Delaney. Unfortunately, uh, Luke has, uh, well, unfortunately, from our point of view, Luke has moved on to bigger and better things and uh, won't be with us for the foreseeable future. So the best of luck to Luke in his new role in another company. Uh, but we, we are continuing the show. As they say, the show must go on. And I'm here with you this week. And I'm joined, as always, by Kieran Noble. Kieran, welcome back. You haven't deserted us yet. Uh, not just quite yet. But yeah, I'm delighted to be here. And obviously, Luke is a big loss, so it's a pity to see him move on. But yeah, always good to talk about rugby. Absolutely. A big week in the AIL as well. We'll talk plenty about that over the next few weeks. But maybe let's bring in immediately on the next few weeks, next few minutes or so. Uh, we're here for the next 40, 45 minutes or so on the show. But first of all, maybe let's get started with a little in-depth look at some of the happenings in Division 1B and maybe a little peek inside Old Belvedere uh, with their, I want to say former captain, he might correct me on that in a minute, Connor Owende. And we bring Connor to the show. Connor, how are you? Hey guys, good, good, thanks. How's it going? Excellent. You're very, very welcome to the show. I suppose uh, disappointment this week, but overall a fairly positive start uh, to life uh, this year in Division 1B for Old Belleville. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, it's been a good start to the season for us. Uh, I think we, we've had a change in coaching, so we've gotten in a new head coach in Ben Mannion assisted by Carl Miller and, and Dean Lester as well. So we've been working very hard over the last couple of months and we've had a good start to the preseason, a couple of good wins in there against Old Crescent and Wesley and we pushed Lance close in up. But yeah, a, a good a good preseason and a good start to the AIL as well. Obviously winning our first game against Mary's, but like you say, disappointment away from home against Bambridge uh, last weekend. Kieran, we'll alternate questions, sure. Yeah, yeah, no, I wasn't really sure what we were doing there, but <laughs> yeah, obviously, a lot of the under 20s have graduated now. Uh, the Dowlings, they're, they're playing in the first, and that under 20s group did really well, the Macari Cup, all sorts of things. And isn't it really good to have loads of young lads coming through? And it, it means that good things are going to be happening in the club over the next few seasons, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're dead right. Uh, it, it's always good to have a, a kind of good core group of of under 20s who kind of graduate up to seniors because that just means that the club has a, a core group of players who will be there around for the next hopefully the next let's say five to ten years like i even remember myself when i played 20s there was a group of us that made the transition in the 20s and played in the senior team i'm obviously still playing <laughs> some of them some of them have, have moved on but yeah that's great the, the lads bring a, a lot of energy on and off the pitch <laughs> That's what I was going to ask next, really. The 100 caps. Uh, you're, you made 100 caps for Old Belvedere. So what does that feel like? Uh, it, it, it was good. I, I mean, to, to be honest with you, the only thing I was worried about was actually losing the game. So so once we won, I was uh, I was happy. Like, these these things, uh, they're always great, but they only you can only really celebrate them once you, once you get the job done. So it was good to win against Mary's and great to celebrate. I had my family in the club, so it was great to celebrate the day with them, share that with them. And yeah, it, it was a great day and a good chance to kind of look back over the last few years. Also managed to go on the score sheet. Not, not a bad, on a day like that, it's always nice to kind of contribute as well. 
Yeah, yeah, that that was good. I th- I think to be honest, I can I, I can thank uh, Fionn McWay for that one. To be honest, we we had a pick and go, and Fionn effectively slingshotted me over the line. So <laughs> I can thank him yeah. for that. They all count the exact same. Uh, talk to us a bit about the club at the moment. Um, as, as we said, one win, one loss so far. But what's the the kind of the ambition for the year? What's the plan for the year going forward? Uh, I think we're we're a very ambitious squad. To be honest, we 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 definitely had a meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago in the squad just to discuss our goals and our plans for the season going ahead. And like most squads in Division One B, our goal is to get promoted to be back in Division 1A. I think Old Belvedere is a club that belongs in Division 1A, so that's our goal, to get back up there. Uh, I think one thing we we just need to sort out ourselves is, is just our away form. We, we are pretty good at home and we have a very good record there, but I think where we struggled in the, in the last couple of years and obviously in our second game this year is just away from home and kind of conceding early and stuff like that. So we're we're back on the training pitch looking to sort that out. And the next question I was going to ask is Ben Mannion's obviously came in this year, uh, Australian coach. He's been with Japan, the Junior Waratahs, Tonga, and he got uh, an escorty up to 2B last year. So what's it like having him at the helm now? Uh, well, firstly, it's a very impressive TV, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, well, Ben, I, I remember Ben Ben came in, in in a kind of consultancy capacity with us a couple of years back so I did have an idea of, of who he was but I, I actually didn't have any idea of the extent to to his CV but to be honest I, I think he, he's come in and really made us work to, to be honest I know from from the SNC side we've been working very hard anyway and also from the skill side as well so even like when we're doing gym sessions and, and stuff like that we're working on our skills so we're working on the on the core skills of the game all the time, passing, catching, all that sort of stuff. So he he wants us to be able to play from from anywhere in the pitch, four backs, anything like that. So we're doing a, a hell of a lot of skill work. So we we'll be finding you on the wing at some point, finishing off uh, high speed moves. Is that likely well, to be in your future? <laughs> judging by the only try I've gotten this season, I think uh, some things will stay the same. Well, it's only week two. It's fine. You've got a 16 wee rounds left to go. Uh, plus, maybe hopefully a few more from your point of view. Uh, in terms of, I suppose, uh, the, the club and, and everything that's going on, obviously, is it disappointing to lose the game at the weekend in terms of how, how much of a setback is that? Or is, that, or is it just nice and early in the season, just getting into the flow of things? Yeah, I, I think, to be honest, uh, like, firstly, all, all credit to, to Bambridge. They were, they were great on the day. I think we're we're lucky in the fact that it's the second game of the season. Do you know if that was a game later in the season where we were pushing to make top four or win the league or something like that, we'd be much more disappointed. But thankfully, this lesson has come early, so it's a good chance for us to learn from that. I mean, like like we were saying earlier, like we we were fourteen nil down. I think after 10, 15 minutes, so it's just kind of shown us that you can't expect to win a game when you give yourself that bad a start. So. Uh, it's a good lesson. I think we're lucky that we found it out early and we just need to kind of learn from that. I suppose the question I'd ask you is now, Justin Middleton, my good pal, always calls you a warrior because you've had some horrendous injuries over the last couple of seasons. Like, I think in round one last year against Nace, you had that problem with the ankle ligaments and you were back in round five, which came as such a surprise. Like, you've had your ups and downs, you know, with injuries and stuff, but how have you come back stronger? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely have. Uh, I think a big part of that is, is just our, our medical team. Like we have, uh, we have James Allen who who does physio for for Dublin, who's done Ireland uh, and a lot of other pro sports teams. So he he knows exactly what he's doing. So anytime anyone really gets injured, you're working with James or Killian O'Neill. Um, who's on our medical team as well. So we, we have a brilliant team there who are able to look after us, who have obviously been through the wars them, themselves. They know every sort of injury and every possibility that can happen. And also on the S&C side, uh, previously was working with, with Owen McGuire and Aidan Chauvin and now Dean Lester. So it's just working with these people. You, 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 almost have to, you almost have to, all you have to do is just show up and they just tell you what to do. And it's just a matter of, of waiting. And I think, to, to be honest, as as I've gotten a little bit older, that's that's the kind of thing that I've learned is to, you just have to be patient. I know when you're younger, you kind of want to get back on the pitch as fast as possible and you're, you're almost pushing the limits a little bit too much at times. But I've just found as I've gotten older, all you have to do is, is do what you're told and it'll, it'll happen. Luckily, as you get older, you get to deal with the other opponents of the same calibre and of course this weekend you face the journey to or you face Nace uh, in the third round of the competition they've signed some young lad from Tullow I believe uh, <laughs> any dauntings of coming up against Sean O'Brien at the weekend? Uh, no no to, to be honest with you I think it's I think it's brilliant for the league isn't it like it, it'll be great for us like uh, we have a pre-match lunch on, on Saturday uh, just honouring Jack Conan and, and his achievements for the Lions so There'll be big numbers in for that, but I suspect there'll be even bigger numbers if if Sean O'Brien's playing. And I guess for us as players, it's a chance to test yourself against uh, a player who's one of Ireland's and one of rugby's probably best back rows. Do you know? So it'll be great for us to, to test ourselves against them and against obviously a good A side who will be hurting from from losing two games at the start of the season. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully he talks out. Do you expect a big reaction from Johnny Murphy's team, like considering that you just said they've lost their opening two games and they were runners up last season? Do you expect a big reaction from them on Saturday? Yeah, big time. Like in in the same way we lost over the weekend, so we'll be looking for a reaction from ourselves. They'll definitely be looking for for a reaction and they'll have no <laughs> they they won't uh, lack any confidence having beaten us. I think it was 53 nil or something like that in, in the in the last game of last year's AIL so they'll come to Ollie Campbell Park with no fear and we'll meet them head on in terms of just to bring it back to the likes of Sean O'Brien not specifically him but players of that caliber coming back and coming into the league we all saw the, the debate over whether he should be allowed to go back and play for Tolo I'm guessing that's a case of Hart winning out over a head in terms of where he wanted to end up uh, do you think it's the right decision not to let him back into junior ranks or, or should he, is it good for the league to have players that calibre come back in uh, when they're finished their professional careers? Uh, to be honest, I, I can see I can see the intention uh, with the IRFU. Like, obviously, from a pure physical perspective, Sean O'Brien finished playing uh, professional rugby last year. And at junior rugby, you'll be coming up against players who don't do the same level of strength and conditioning, who don't have the same, let's say, profile as Sean. So from a safety perspective, I think it probably was the right move. Now, obviously, in a couple of years, uh, 
it would obviously be a dream for Sean to finish playing in Tullow and that would be great to see and I think actually it just separately it should be commended the fact that he actually does want to play for Tullow it's a great thing to see and you'd wish more players kind of go back to their club roots as well but obviously it's unfortunate that just from a safety perspective I don't think it works right now but I think it's something that could work in the future and so obviously that lends itself to to Sean playing in, in higher divisions like 1B, 1A or, or that sort of thing so we're, we're definitely delighted that we have a chance to to take him on over the weekend but that's the good thing I suppose because there's always this debate around the AIL and how important it is and with somebody like Sean O'Brien coming back to play in the AIL it kind of shows that you know it's still a big thing it might not be professional but it's as close as and it's a great advertisement for the AIL as well yeah yeah Big, big time. Like every week, to be honest. Like even uh, I, I always think back over the, over the past kind of couple of years. Uh, like the AIL has such a high standard of players. Like a couple of years ago, I know when when we were were when we were in one A. Sorry, we were playing against the likes of Ty Byrne and Joey Carby, who are now kind of established Irish professionals. And I'm sure there's players that I'm playing with and playing against now who will be playing for Ireland in a few years. Yeah, speaking of players with, uh, we're a Leitrim company. We're based here in Carrick and Shannon. And of course, there's uh, not that many Leitrim sports people on the scene, but there are, there's one definitely in Old Belvo, uh, Jack Gilhaney. I'm not sure if he's still with you, but has been involved in the past. Can you give us any dirt on Jack that we can uh, share here around the county? Definitely nothing I can say publicly anyway, but <laughs> uh, Jack, Jack's a great player. Uh, unfortunately, I think, I think he has made the decision to. To move on, I think he, he's he's heavily involved in in, in Leitrim GAA, but we do have uh, Adam Reynolds as well, who who's from Leitrim as well. So uh, he'll be coming back to us. I think he's just uh, finishing off the county championship season. So there is a yeah. there's a bit more of uh, of Leitrim representatives in Old Belvedere. Yeah, I don't want to uh, cast stereotypes, but I can literally see Adam Reynolds' house from where I'm sitting. So <laughs> it's a it's, it's a pretty small place. There's not that many of us. Um, but listen. Uh, Connor, the very, very best to look to you at the weekend. It's an absolute pleasure to have had you on the show for the last uh, 15 minutes or so. Uh, best luck about Nace. I hope you win that first tackle against Sean O'Brien. And uh, I'm sure we'll be chatting to you and your teammates through the rest of the year. Thanks so much for joining us. Cheers, Connor. Thanks very much, lads. Appreciate it. Connor Wendy there. Uh, absolute cracking lad, isn't he, Karen? I, I was so lucky last year to be in the position to commentate with Justin. and like He's just some player. He gives it 100%. And I think the way he came back from those injuries just shows the type of guy he is. And they're the type of guys that you want on your team. Absolutely. Well, speaking of, maybe let's take a look at some of the results from last weekend. We start, I suppose, in Division 1A, the top division of the AIL. Uh, the results across the bottom of the screen there. Young Munster, 19. Gary Owen, 23. Baron Hinch, 41. Shannon, 8. Terranier College, 47. Cork Con, 12. Dublin University Trinity College, 3, 38. UCD 24 in the Colours match and Clontarf 27, Lansdowne 19. Uh, anything there catch your fancy in terms of, uh, obviously the Colours game always comes in for a, a bit of attention? Yeah, well, I just have to correct you. It was actually 26-23 to Young Munster, that Gary Owen game. So, well, yeah. The, the research was sacked. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, I was actually at the Terran Your game against Cork Con and they were 47-0 up at half time, And, I mean... This, is, this isn't over-exaggerating, but Cork Con, if you've heard about them over the years, 
They're one of the most feared teams in the AIL. And when they were losing 47-0, people in Taranyor, right, there was some atmosphere in the place. There always is in Lake Lance. But they were turning around looking at the scoreboard in pure disbelief. They couldn't believe that they were 47-0 up against Court Con. And it was just remarkable. Like It's shown how good Taranyor actually are. In the last few weeks, I've said to Luke that I think Taranyor are the favourites and I really think they can go on and win the AIL this year. And that performance that I've seen on Saturday only made me more sure about it, to be honest. I know you have Clontarf, who are excellent as well. They had a really good win against Lansdowne at home, 27-19. One of of the young players I've watched in Wicklow in recent years, Noah Sheridan, made his debut. I really think he could be on the Irish under-20s this year, so a player to watch out for. But Clontarf looked very good. I still think with Clontarf, they haven't hit top gear yet. Even though they've won their first two games, I think there's more to come from them. Um, moving on to Lansdowne, then they have uh, like losing their first two games. That is not what they would have wanted, to be honest. And they'll really put a lot into this Trinity game on Saturday because they have to because it's a three block of fixtures. So there's a break after this. So they don't want to be heading into the break with three defeats. They need to win this game on Saturday, and it's going to be ultra important for them. They play a Trinity team who are also two from two. They join a Terran York, Lantarf, and Ballon Hinch in that respect. But Trinity, like, they throw it around and they play such exciting rugby, a bit like Terran York. And something that Trinity have been criticised of in the past is they're maybe not the most physical team, but I think some of the lads they have now, like Max Dunn, uh, Paddy McCarthy from Blackrock College, he won the Senior Cup last year. He's a great addition for them. So, yeah, I think Trinity look really good, but Lansdowne have to win. Their backs are up against the wall. And I think it'll be a really interesting affair. Um, the other big game next week is Ballina Hinch against Clontarf. Ballina Hinch, like I was reading today, I think they're, I think it was minus 30-something their points total was this time last year. And now they're plus 30-something. So that just tells a story in itself. They're like polar opposite to what they were last year. They're very much improved, but this is the acid, te- acid test, in my opinion. If they can go and beat Clontarf at home, this really shows they're for real and they can really push on for top four this year. So it's a really big game for them. Uh, I still would favour Clontarf a little bit, but yeah, that, that's really interesting. UCD Young Munster is also on. Really important game, or big game for UCD because I think they've probably been the most unlucky team in the AIL so far. There are two performances that they've had against Clontarf and Trinity. There's been plenty of positives. Um, so I'd expect them to go and beat Young Munster in the game at the weekend. And actually, a Munster team hasn't beaten a Dublin team yet this year, which is a bit worrying for the Munster clubs because for years they had a bit of a stronghold over the AIL and they were the most feared team. So now it looks like the Dublin clubs are really taking over. And it goes back to that debate, I suppose, all the colleges up in Dublin and the population like maybe it maybe it's the time for the Dublin clubs and I really do think the top four will be all Dublin clubs this year so that's that'll a be statement. that's a very bold statement I do think it will be though I think I think lands that are Clontarf will definitely be there Terranure will definitely be there uh, Trinity the way they're going they could be there the only team Ballon Hinch if they keep going they're from Ulster so they could be the difference but I can't see any Munster team at the minute making it I was going to say, we take a quick look at the league table and just see where people are at the moment on that table. If it comes up on screen, we see Terranure College, as you mentioned, at Trinity and Ballina Hinch 
all on the top. But of course, Clontarf two wins as well, just missing uh, the double bonus point that the others have managed to get over the first two rounds of the competition. And Shannon at the bottom, uh, getting used to life in the in the top division, but uh, there it's a bit of a struggle. Minus sixty nine points. Uh, we talked about Ballon Hinch a minute ago having a negative goal or points difference. It's uh, that's a pretty rough uh, start to life in the top division for Shannon. But we had uh, Shannon on in the first show of the season, and I think we might see them grow into this league. Can they survive in the top? I know only two games in, but do you think they've got the strength to, to survive in the top division? Yeah, it's just been a bit of a baptism of fire for them so far. Like it's just been difficult. But I do think like the players that they have in the squad have been in AIL one A before, so they know what it's like. I just think it's about acclimatizing yourself. You know, and I think they will eventually get there. We might not see results until maybe round five, round four, but I think eventually they will they will get there. And who knows? They're playing a Cork Con team, as I said earlier, that were badly beaten 47-12, and they're they would have taken a big knock from that. And how's that gonna affect them? Could Shannon, you know, could that be good for Shannon or could it be bad? You could get a big reaction out of Cork Con or maybe Shannon could jump on it and they could get a win. So that's another interesting game. Two teams that really need a win just for confidence. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think Shannon will eventually get there. Do I know if they're going to beat relegation at this moment in time? I don't really know. It's round seven, round eight. I'll be able to tell you more what I think they're going to be like, but I wouldn't read too much into it at this early stage for them. It is very, very early days in Division 1A. Very early days in all the divisions. Let's move on to 1B. Take a quick look at some of the games that were played in that grade this particular week. UCC 15, City of Armagh 14. Buccaneers with a big win, 35-7 over Old Wesley. Nace beaten by two points, 22-24. Highfield, Bambridge 14. Old Belvedere 13. And St. Mary's College 41 Malone 27. We've spent a bit of time talking about old Belvo. Any other games? I think the Nace game pretty tight there. Two point defeat for them. Yeah, I think Johnny Murphy would have been disappointed by that. He would have definitely put the lads through their paces in training last week after that big defeat to old Wesley in round one. But that I think Highfield would be definitely up there. Getting a win like that in Nace is massive at the start of the season. Um, the game that really caught my eye though was Buccaneers old Wesley. Buccaneers came up last year from 2A um, and you know to win like that against old Wesley who were actually top of the table by a good bit uh, after com- coming into the playoffs like so for Buccaneers to get a win like that it's massive for them and a bit worrying for old Wesley who I heard struggled a bit in the preseason and then they've lost a couple of players uh, to Clontarf this year as well so yeah I think Buccaneers could be a surprise package this year they've obviously got Eddie at the helm, former Irish coach, but they um, head to Highfield this weekend, I think it is, and that'll be a tough game. It'll be interesting to see, can they do it on the road? And they're not only on the road, but they're playing one of the best teams in the league in Highfield. So it'll be interesting to see if they can back it up. Um, yeah, I did see Buccaneers in the Connacht Senior League just before the start of the AL season, and they, they actually struggled to get past Sligo. They did in the end, the last minute try, two tries in the last four minutes, give them a, like a, two or three point victory they they turned around pretty well in the last few minutes of the game but um but they really struggled in long patches to get that victory and i didn't expect much off them in 1b so pleasantly surprised to see them kind of doing so well uh in in that division really really good you're going to go on there to another game yeah i i uh, what was i going to go on to now uh saint mary's and malone i think saint mary's have got their big Victory, uh, 41-27, I think it was. I'd be worried for Malone at this stage, to be honest. 
if I was put money on a team that are that might struggle for the entire season and will be involved in a relegation scrap, it's probably going to be Malone, in my opinion. Um, Marys would be happy to get a first win for Sean Cronin, another former Irish player. Uh, he, he'll love playing against uh, Sean O'Brien when he plays an ace. It'll be good, the two, the two Irish boys. But um, it's actually a league full of uh, former internationals, if you count Eddie, the former Irish coach as well. So there's plenty of it going on. But uh, yeah, great win for St. Mary's. They could be a team that could challenge for top four this year. They only finished they finished fifth last year, only missing out in the top four by two or three points, I think. So yeah, that was a good performance by them. And then City of Armagh were actually 14-3 up at halftime against UCC last week, I think. And UCC ended up winning by a point. So, you know, they had to really dog it out there. Um, Michael Bradley would be happy with that. Uh, UCC looked strong. You kind of knew they were going to be strong, though, coming down from 1A. Um, so they looked like one of the stronger teams. But City of Armagh, I've said it before, they could be dark horses, you know, only losing by a point. That's, you know, they'll be disappointed that they blew the lead, but there's a lot of positives for them. And I think, I always say this, but 1B is so unpredictable. The AIL in general is unpredictable, but... 1B in particular, I genuinely don't know what's going to happen week in, week out. Anything can happen. So it's very hard to kind of say who you think is going to be good, who you think is going to be bad. I, I genuinely think it's going to be a bunched up table come the end of the season where a few points are going to separate all the teams. There might be one team out in front or two teams out in front, maybe a UCC in a high field, uh, Cork dominance maybe. But I think the whole table will be kind of close together. Yeah, it's uh, interesting times ahead. Maybe let's take a look at that table in Division 1B. Now, UCC, as you mentioned, top of the table, just ahead of Highfield, uh, St. Mary's College, just touching distance behind them in the table. How important are those bonus points going to come in towards the end of the season, Kieran? Uh, they they definitely are important because when, you, when you're focused on avoiding relegation or making the top four, every one, every two points, even teams sometimes they lose and they get a losing bonus point and the try bonus point so they get two for losing a game which is massive like you know you obviously don't want to lose but the losing bonus points if you can get them it's about like it is good it is what it says about it's, it's like it's literally yeah, a bonus, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like you know what i mean so like it's really important every point counts i know it's cliche and people say that in all sports but genuinely in one b like whatever points you can get take them so yeah, moving on to 2A, um, we're dropping out of the, the top divisions into 2A uh, in, in the competition. The fixtures there, or the results, should I say, believe Blackheart College promoted from 2B last year, 35A winners against Dolphin, Balamina 20, Navin 14, Nina Ormond 22, MU Barnhall 25, Queen's University 36, Old Crescent 24, Cashel 32, UL Bowles 9. Uh, the one that stands out to me there is, is the Queen's result because they obviously ran away with this division in the regulation 18 games last year and failed to go up. They'll be very disappointed to be back in this division again this year, but they seem to have come out fighting uh, with the intention of maybe going one better this year and making sure they don't slip up again. Yeah, well, I've said it in previous weeks. Sometimes it's sometimes it's hard when you get so close like that because you don't know how it's going to affect the team. Like old Wesley are in a similar enough position in 1B. Like you don't know if they're going to come out and they're going to be hungrier than ever and chase it up again or maybe there's a bit of a like a hangover and they just struggle to get up again but they look strong they look really strong again which is good for them um yeah i'd say queens will be up there and last year i think it was heartbreaking for them to be fair 
but I know they'll be very focused on getting back up to 1B. How much of an effect, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent now, but how much of an effect is that the year of no promotion relegation in 2020 when, when COVID happened and then again, the clubs haven't really moved before this season for two or three years um, and clubs maybe who were in really good positions to, to compete in divisions have either lost players, players have moved on, the, the opportunity might have passed. Like the sliding doors moments in the last two years for clubs who survived in divisions maybe they weren't strong enough for that they're now competing in. How important was to take advantage of that over the last few years? Yeah, definitely. Like two clubs that come to mind, as I said, were old Wesley. Like you look, they had first old Wesley, they had Ben Murphy, who's gone to Clontarf now. He was in the Emerging Ireland tour, and then JJOD, who got one B player of the year last year. And a part of me thinks if Wesley had a secured that promotion to 1A, maybe those lads would have stayed because they want to play in 1A. They might have very well stayed. I don't know that for sure, but if Old Wesley were in the top league and they enjoyed being in the club, I'm, I'm pretty sure they would have stayed. But for somebody like Ben Murphy especially, who has you know bigger aspirations to play for Leinster more regularly and maybe one day play for the Irish senior team, he has to be playing 1A. He doesn't really have a choice. So in that case, old Wesley have to be in 1A to attract the right type of player, if you know what I mean. The guys, you know, in the Leinster setups and so forth. And then Greystones, I know it's 2B, but they feel like... I was talking to someone there a couple of weeks ago, and they were like, they were heartbroken because they tried so hard all season, finished top, were comfortable enough at top in the end. And they were like, in a regular season, we would have been up and there would have been none of this final heartbreak or semi-final heartbreak or... You know, and for them, it's gotten because, you know, 1A and 1B is a bit different. But in the lower divisions, you really don't know who you're going to have sometimes on a yearly basis. So it could just be one good season or that gets you up. Or, and for Greystones, I do think they've started positively this year. So it hasn't affected them in a massive way. But I know it would have done a lot for the club if they had went up last year. And I think it is tough for clubs. I know, like, it couldn't have been helped. Like, nobody predicted COVID, and COVID kind of threw everything in disarray. And, you know, they didn't really know how to do the league last year. But I do think it did affect some clubs. Queens as well. We just talked about them. Uh, and Escorty, the first year they were up, I think they finished top. But then COVID hit, and they didn't get up. But they ended up getting up anyway. But uh, Scaries are another team that could have went up during those COVID times. So, yeah, it's affected a few clubs, like, and it's it's tough, like, because you, sometimes you don't know if the ship has sailed for them or they can go again, and it really just depends on the year, like, and a bit of luck, too, like, a lot of luck, I think, in 1B especially. Any games in Division 2A catch your fancy to keep an eye on this week? Um, I suppose, um, I don't know. It's hard to say, really, I... Have Sorry, I put, I, I put you on the spot there a little bit. Um, <laughs> no, but in terms of, I suppose, maybe the, obviously the, the teams that we mentioned, the Queen's University, they probably look like they're going to be a good side to watch in general this year. No, I would, yeah. Definitely, if I was up near the north somewhere, they're a team that i definitely definitely watch because you obviously have a lot of some of the north teams that are in 1A, uh, 1, and you've got Ballinahinch in 1A, and then you've got more teams, 2B as well, Belfast to Harlequins play really good rugby. Um, yeah, so I'd love to watch Green someday, but unfortunately, uh, transport is a bit of an issue, so I, w I won't be in Belfast anytime soon to watch them, unfortunately. 
Well, I'm sure they'll come to a town near you sometime <laughs> soon. Uh, let's take a quick look at the league table in 2-8. And uh, Queen's, as you mentioned, top of the table, clear at the top of the table. Uh, two wins, two bonus points, 10 points, maximum 10 out of 10 for the students. Uh, Nina Ormond and Cashel and MU Barnhall, also students down there. Not quite up to the grades of Queen's just yet, but I'm sure there's plenty of time in the season. Uh, Barnhall and uh, Manith University will be well able to... Uh, to cope with them at the bottom. The other students in the group, uh, UL Bows, uh, still pointless. They'll be disappointed with the start to their season, but plenty of time left to go in that, all the tables there, as you can see them. And moving on to 2B, this one is of personal interest to me. I'm a bit of a Sligo fan, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. You know, we had Paddy Pearson on the show, at least yourself and Luke had Paddy Pearson on the show last week. Uh, in terms of uh, the results this week, uh, obviously we'll go through them quickly there as they come up underneath Greystones. 15-16 uh, versus Dungannon and Galway Corinthians had a big derby win against Galwegians, 58-21 while Wanderers beat Enniscorthy 38-22 I missed the first one too as they came along there, we'll get them in a minute, I know Sligo had a, a decent victory as well at the weekend, um, so plenty of uh, excitement in this division as well, uh, your thoughts on how it went? Yeah, it's really I always love to be, to be fair it's always really exciting and Escorty, I, I feel a bit bad for them. I kinda I kinda had high hopes for them this year in 2B, but it hasn't really happened yet. And then obviously losing their coach to Old Belvedere, they probably wouldn't have wanted that if you as Connor said, when you read a CV, like to have a guy like that, like it's it's a massive can, boot. can you say no to that though? When you've come yeah. up from two, the bottom division of five and all of a sudden yeah. Yeah. there's a team in, in one B looking for your services, it's very difficult to turn that down. Yeah, well, it's amazing how he, like, because, you know, a coach of his CV, it's amazing that they got him <laughs> into C anyway. Like, it's it was a real bonus for them at the time. But, yeah, look, I think Enniscorthy, though, I think they'll be all right in 2B. It just hasn't really clicked for them yet. Um, yeah. And then the other worrying thing is Galwegians, because I know they struggled last year. and But I think, from what I heard, they were a bit more optimistic this year. But... <laughs> From the two, first two results, and especially that derby result against Corinthians at the weekend, it's really worrying for them. And they were a team that my uncle actually played for them back in the day, and I'm pretty sure they were 1A once upon a time. So to be on the decline they're on is pretty worrying, and it's sad to see, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Those two other scores, of course, um, were uh, rainy old boys. 25-22 winners, I think. Uh, I saw that flashed up a second ago on the bottom of the screen. We might just wait for a second for them to come back around. But uh, uh, Sligo, of course, beating Malahide 18-11 at home in Hamilton Park on Saturday afternoon. Rainy All Boys were beaten, actually, 21-25 by Belfast Harlequins. You mentioned Belfast is one to watch. Of course, they had a big win against Sligo in the opening day of the season. So if we take a quick look at the, the table in Division 2B, uh, Galway Corinthians after that big derby victory they go top of the table just ahead of Harlequins and Greystones in this division and Escorthy and Galwegians as you mentioned for both of the reasons we talked about uh, losing the coach obviously been an impact on Escorthy and Galwegians not quite sure what's gone wrong there but it's been a rough couple of seasons for the Galway people in this particular division but they do top the table and bottom the table the two Galway sides in the division 2B moving on to 2C uh, we have keep my eye on the fixtures a little bit earlier this time if we get the, the results along the bottom of the table. Bangor 26, Ballina 32. They were relegated from 2B last year. Good win for them. Scary 7 in Stonians. New Boys 43. Middleton 3. Sunday's well 33. All corporate fair there. 
while Oma Academicals 13, Conmel 24, good results for the Tipperary men, and Brough 26, Tullamore 50. That's some victory for Tullamore in that particular game in Brough. Yeah, no, Tullamore definitely one of the stronger sides in 2C. I definitely think they'll be in the top four coming the end of the season. But the big one for me is Innistonians beating Scaries. Scaries got into the, like people forget, Scaries got into the 2C final a uh, couple of months ago. They were in it against Dennis Gorky. And they're playing against a team that were playing junior rugby a couple of months ago. So it's massive, you know. It does show, like, it goes back to that junior rugby and senior rugby debate you were even having earlier on, you know. Is there really a big gap? Is it as big as what people think? Uh, I don't know. I definitely think there is a gap between, like, someone like Sean O'Brien going down, for example. But I think I've always said this. I don't think there's a massive gap in AIL 2B and Leinster League 1A, 1B or the other junior leagues. I And I think this has proven it, to be honest. I know in Estonians came from Ulster. They're a Monaghan club, I think. But uh, uh, I think, yeah, it's showing that there isn't a massive gap. And they, I wouldn't be surprised if they go up again. Well, a lot of teams do do that exact, uh, what you just talked about. They come into the league and they kind of build on that momentum because it's very difficult to get out of the junior grades into the AIL in the first place. So you really have to be a really good side to get into that division. And then you've kind of got the momentum that just brings you on and, and pushes you on to results like we saw last weekend. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like the leagues are really competitive. Like I know from Leinster League 1A, I think it was really close to the top between Bective Rangers and Monkstown and Bective Rangers just pipped them and they won the league. And obviously you're delighted you won the league or whatever. But then you go into the round robin and you have to play the other three provincial champions in junior rugby. And then Bective won the semi-final and then they came up against Instonians, who were a, a really good team on the day and they beat them by a few points. But it's tough for a team like Bective who have been competing in the Leinster League all year and they just about finished top. And then your your next focus is on the AIL. It's, it is tough. Like I heard someone say one, someone said it to me, I think they were from Enniscorti at the time, winning the league's all right, but... It's about getting out. Like getting out is the tough thing. Like you win the league and you think you're great and all, but it's if you can't back it up and get out and get into the AL, it's kind of like you kind of feel like you've wasted a little bit or it's not worth it. Or, and it's tough, like you know. So I think yeah, it's like to get up from junior rugby is probably the harder jump almost. Absolutely, and I think the rest of the provinces listening to a boy from Leinster say it's tough to get out of the Leinster League. I think they'd argue it's tough to get out of their leagues as well across the country. Uh, taking a quick look at the league table in Division 2, see the final men's league of the evening. Uh, we see that, if it pops up here on the screen, uh, 2C. No, no table just yet. Uh, we should be able to uh, get it up here now in a second. Uh, no, actually, we don't have a table for 2C. Uh, we'll come back to that one uh, in just a couple of moments. Uh, we will get a table for 2C up there. Here, one second. Here we go. Sorry, but folks, the joys of doing a live broadcast here is 2C, and that is Estonians at top of the table. As we said, the new boys in the division, Banger, and a little bit further back to Oma Academicals. And at the bottom, it's Sunday as well, who are in danger of, uh, of dropping out of that grade. But it's very, very early days yet. More worried, I think, probably would be where Ballina find themselves having dropped down from 2B last year. Uh, you would be hoping that they would actually have uh, have pushed on and, and rebuilt a little bit, but they seem to be in a bit of a free fall at the moment, Karen. Yeah, that's what I was going to say before you said it, actually. I didn't realise they were sitting second last. But it goes back to what you were talking about there a second ago. 
sometimes when you go up a division, it can kind of excel you on to keep going. And sometimes when you can come down, it can have the opposite effect. You're the Maybe the atmosphere in the club is a bit edgy this year. Maybe their confidence is low. Maybe they've lost a few guys. You don't know. So, yeah, it's confidence is a funny thing, especially in sport. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have had a couple of comments in from some listeners. Uh, we've got Tony P. Quinn who says, Yup, Sligo. I uh, can't take, I'm, I'm not going to claim credit for that one. And in terms of uh, the final division of the AIL that we we'll to look at tonight, of course, is the women's division. And only the one game last weekend in the, oh no, sorry, that was the weekend before. Apologies. Uh, there was a full round of games last week. Wicklow and Ballon Colleague played out a 10 all draw. Blackrock College 36, Galwegians 19. Old Belvo with a 65 0 win at Cook, while Railway Union had a big win over Setonian 78 5. I think that's the one that probably surprised me the most. I was expecting maybe Setonians to kick on a little bit from what they did last year. Um, Railway Union, obviously, formidable opponents at this level. And with the sevens players back in action last week as well, it was always going to be a tough task. But it's still a huge margin of victory in, in any rugby game. Yeah, no, because you're right in what you say. Like, Setonians were the best of the rest, I suppose you can call them. Last year, they finished the, the kind of B competition that they have for the other six teams. They... They won that and they won it. They looked good at winning it. Like So you'd expect them to be closer to the top four. But I think at the minute, and I said it last week, I think with Luke, Old Belvedere and Old Belvedere look really good this year. Like some of the young girls they've got, like Dana O'Brien, Katie Whelan, like they're fantastic. Really, really good. And then Railway have been the best for years. So I think those two teams are, are already kind of, they've set their stall out and they're kind of just looking really, really good. Um, Setonians would be disappointed, but Ballincolly getting that, uh, that it was my next question, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, that getting that you know, draw after a few tough results, like, um, brilliant for them. And I'm a big fan of Fiona Hayes, I think she's a fantastic person and a fantastic coach. And I was really happy for her. Obviously, a part of me being a Wicklow man was disappointed for the Wicklow girls, but um, yeah, no, it's really good because I don't like to see that you know, the big results. Uh, big defeats for anyone it doesn't reflect well on the league and it can sometimes be disheartening for players you train twice sometimes three times a week you know so I think the closer games are much better but I still think there is a gap there obviously between the best teams and the rest but I do think it it's slowly getting smaller yeah absolutely I think that will win and I think the nature of the win as well it wasn't just a kind of a uh they, they grabbed a a draw from a potential defeat. They were leading through the game and it was Wicklow who had to come back, who would have been favourites going into that clash based on form and over the last maybe year or so even um, for Ballincollig to be kind of in a controlling position in that game at, at stages is is a really good push on from them. And can we see more of that from the teams on the bottom in terms of as the girls get experience, as they get more exposure to elite level rugby that they will actually push on and and compete maybe at a higher standard than we've seen over the last 12 months. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Like, even you saying there that Wicklow were favourites against Ballincollig, last year they probably would have been even because they were both the two teams coming up. But because Wicklow have had some positive results, nearly beating UL Bows in Ashtown Lane a couple of weeks ago, I think shocked a lot of people. I know they still lost, but I think they only lost by three points, maybe four points. And that was a result that last year they probably lost by 50 points. So I think that shows that Wicklow have come a long way in terms of, you know, development and, you know, the girls have really bought into the training. They've 
really um, believed in themselves. The likes of Ella have stuck around, Vicky as well. Lucy Mulhall is in and out as well. Like you have all those girls. And it's not just to talk about Wicklow, but it's a sign for other clubs. Like even if things aren't going well at the time, you know, if you build on it, you, you know, get good numbers at training, you work on what you need to work on, anything is possible. Like I still think I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like, they're still a long way off the likes of Railway and Old Belvedere at the minute, but that's just the way it is. But you want to see the rest of them competitive. Like, it's an awful shame what happened to Malone, the way they had to pull out two days before the season started. You don't want to see that. And it'll be interesting to see for next season, what are they going to do? Are they going to keep it as a nine-team league? Are they going to bring up another team? Uh, And what way are they going to do it? Like, I do think you have to think about these things and you know, maybe put better plans in place. But I do think it is good for the girls to have competitive games because I know everyone loves winning, but at the same time, you don't want one team that dominates all the time because then it does it does affect the national side of things as well then. When you call girls into squads, some girls are used to hammering teams and other girls aren't used to winning and all that sort of stuff. So I think having a better system in place will only benefit everyone. Absolutely. Well, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. But listen, that's all we have time for this week. A nice and tight 45-minute show for you this week. Thank you so much to Connor Owende for joining us earlier in the show. To Kieran Noble for joining me. Um, as you see, I'm not Luke. You don't need to adjust your sets if you've arrived this late. Luke, uh, unfortunately, well, fortunately for Luke, has moved on to a new opportunity with another media outlet. We wish him the very, very best of luck and thank him for all uh, the help he gave us in the last half season or so uh, and the last year he's been working with FinalWhistle.ie. From me, Breffney Early and from the whole team here at Final Whistle and to our producer, Sean Comer, thank you very much uh, for joining us this evening. We'll chat to you again next week.